chapter fourteen part two of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri mourget translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter fourteen mademoiselle mimi part two seraphine was admirably beautiful her splendid figure cleverly set off by the cut of her solitary garment showed itself provocatively through the half-transparent material all the imperious fever of desire woke afresh in rodolphe's veins a warm mist mounted to his brain he looked at seraphine otherwise than from a purely aesthetic point of view and took the pretty girl's hands in his own they were divine hands and might have been wrought by the purest chisels of grecian statuary rodolphe felt these admirable hands tremble in his own and feeling less and less of an art critic he drew towards him seraphine whose face was already tinged with that flush which is the aurora of voluptuousness this creature is a true instrument of pleasure a real stradivarius of love and one on which i would willingly play a tune thought rodolphe as he heard the fair creature's harp beating a hurried charge in a very distinct fashion at that moment there was a violent ring at the door of the rooms lucile lucile cried seraphine to the waiting-maid do not let any one in say i am not home yet at the name of lucile uttered twice rodolphe rose i do not wish to incommode you in any way madame said he besides i must take my leave it is late and i live a long way off good evening what you are going exclaimed seraphine augmenting the fire of her glances why why should you go i am free you can stay impossible replied rodolphe i am expecting one of my relatives who is coming from tierra del fuego this evening and he would disinherit me if he did not find me waiting to receive him good evening madame and he quitted the room hurriedly the servant went to light him out rodolphe accidentally cast his eye on her she was a delicate-looking girl with slow movements her extremely pale face offered a charming contrast to her dark and naturally curling hair whilst her blue eyes resembled two sickly stars oh phantom exclaimed rodolphe shrinking from one who bore the name and the face of his mistress away what would you with me and he rushed down the stairs why madame said the lady's maid returning to her mistress's room the young fellow is mad say rather that he is a fool claimed the exasperated seraphine oh she continued this will teach me to show kindness if only that brute of a leon had the sense to drop in now leon was a gentleman whose love carried a whip rodolphe ran home without waiting to take breath going upstairs he found his carroty-haired cat giving vent to piteous mewings for two nights already it has thus been vainly summoning its faithless love an agra menon lescaut who had started on a campaign of gallantry on the housetops adjacent poor beast said rodolphe you have been deceived your mimi has jilted you like mine has jilted me bah let us console ourselves you see my poor fellow the hearts of women and she-cats are abysses that neither men nor toms will ever fathom when he entered his room although it was fearfully hot rodolphe seemed to feel a cloak of ice about his shoulders it was the chill of solitude that terrible nocturnal solitude that nothing disturbs he lit his candle and then perceived the ravaged room the gaping drawers in the furniture showed empty and from floor to ceiling sadness filled the little room that seemed to rodolphe vaster than a desert 
stepping forward he struck his foot against the parcels containing the things belonging to mademoiselle mimi and he felt an impulse of joy to find that she had not yet come to fetch them as she had told him in the morning she would do rodolphe felt that despite all his struggles the moment of reaction was at hand and readily divined that a cruel night was to expiate all the bitter mirth that he had dispensed in the course of the evening however he hoped that his body worn out with fatigue would sink to sleep before the reawakening of the sorrows so long pent back in his heart as he approached the couch and on drawing back the curtains saw the bed that had not been disturbed for two days the pillows placed side by side beneath one of which still peeped out the trimming of a woman's nightcap rodolphe felt his heart gripped in the pitiless vice of that desolate grief that cannot burst forth he fell at the foot of the bed buried his face in his hands and after having cast a glance round the desolate room exclaimed oh little mimi joy of my home is it really true that you are gone that i have driven you away and that i shall never see you again my god oh pretty brown curly head that has slept so long on this spot will you never come back to sleep here again oh little white hand with the blue veins little white hands to whom i had affianced my lips have you too received my last kiss and rodolphe in delirious intoxication plunged his head amidst the pillows still impregnated with the perfume of his love's hair from the depth of the alcove he seemed to see emerge the ghosts of the sweet nights he had passed with his young mistress he heard clear and sonorous amidst the nocturnal silence the open-hearted laugh of mademoiselle mimi and he thought of the charming and contagious gaiety with which she had been able so many times to make him forget all the troubles and all the hardships of their hazardous existence throughout the night he kept passing in review the eight months that he had just spent with this girl who had never loved him perhaps but whose tender lies had restored to rodolphe's heart its youth and virility dawn surprised him at the moment when conquered by fatigue he had just closed his eyes red from the tears shed during the night a doleful and terrible vigil yet such a one as even the most sneering and sceptical amongst us may find in the depths of their past when his friends called on him in the morning they were alarmed at the sight of rodolphe whose face bore the traces of all the anguish that had awaited him during his vigil in the gethsemane of love good said marcel i was sure of it it is his mirth of yesterday that has turned in his heart things must not go on like this and in concert with two or three comrades he began a series of privately indiscreet revelations respecting mademoiselle mimi every word of which pierced like a thorn in rodolphe's heart his friends proved to him that all the time his mistress had tricked him like a simpleton at home and abroad and that this fair creature pale as the angel of phthisis was a casket filled with evil sentiments and ferocious instincts one and another they thus took it in turns at the task they had set themselves which was to bring rodolphe to that point at which soured love turns to contempt but this object was only half attained the poet's despair turned to wrath he threw himself in a rage upon the packages which he had done up the day before and after having put on one side all the objects that his mistress had in her possession when she came to him kept all those he had given her during their union that is to say by far the greater number and above all the articles connected with the toilette to which mademoiselle mimi was attached by all the fibres of a coquetry that had of late become insatiable 
mademoiselle mimi called in course of the next day to take away her things rodolphe was at home and alone it needed all his powers of self-esteem to keep him from throwing himself upon his mistress's neck he gave her a reception full of silent insult and mademoiselle mimi replied by those cold and keen scoffs that drive the weakest and most timid to show their teeth in face of the contempt with which his mistress flagellated him with insolent hardihood rodolphe's anger broke out fearfully and brutally for a moment mimi white with terror asked herself whether she would escape from his hands alive at the cries she uttered some neighbours rushed in and dragged her out of rodolphe's room two days later a female friend of mimi came to ask rodolphe whether he would give up the things he had kept no he replied and he got his mistress's messenger to talk about her she informed him that mimi was in a very unfortunate condition and that she would soon find herself without a lodging and the lover of whom she is so fond oh replied amelie the friend in question the young fellow has no intention of taking her for his mistress he has been keeping another for a long time past and he does not seem to trouble much about mimi who is living at my expense which causes me a great deal of embarrassment let her do as she can said rodolphe she would have it it is no affair of mine and he began to sing madrigals to mademoiselle amelie and persuaded her that she was the prettiest woman in the world amelie informed mimi of her interview with rodolphe what did he say what is he doing did he speak to you about me asked mimi not at all you are already forgotten my dear rodolphe has a fresh mistress and he has bought her a superb outfit for he has received a great deal of money and is himself dressed like a prince he is a very amiable fellow and said a lot of nice things to me i know what all that means thought mimi every day mademoiselle amelie called to see rodolphe on some pretext or other and however much the latter tried he could not help speaking of mimi to her she is very lively replied her friend and does not seem to trouble herself about her position besides she declares that she will come back to you whenever she chooses without making any advances and merely for the sake of vexing your friends very good said rodolphe let her come and we shall see and he began to pay court to amelie who went off to tell everything to mimi and to assure her that rodolphe was very much in love with herself he kissed me again on the hand and the neck see it is quite red said she he wants to take me to a dance to-morrow my dear friend said mimi rather vexed i see what you are driving at to make me believe that rodolphe is in love with you and thinks no more about me but you are wasting your time both for him and me the fact was that rodolphe only showed himself amiable towards amelie to get her to call on him the oftener and to have the opportunity of speaking to her about his mistress but with a machiavellianism that had perhaps its object and whilst perceiving very well that rodolphe still loved mimi and that the latter was not indisposed to rejoin him amelie strove by ingeniously inventive reports to fend off everything that might serve to draw the pair together again the day on which she was to go to the ball amelie called in the morning to ask rodolphe whether the engagement still held good yes he replied i do not want to miss the opportunity of being the cavalier of the most beautiful woman of the day amelie assumed the coquettish air that she had put on the occasion of her solitary appearance at a suburban theatre as fourth chambermaid and promised to be ready that evening by the way said rodolphe tell mademoiselle mimi that if she will be guilty of an infidelity to her lover in my favour and come and pass a night with me i will give her up all her things 
amelie executed rodolphe's commission and gave to his words quite another meaning than that which she had guessed they bore your rodolphe is a rather base fellow said she to mimi his proposal is infamous he wishes by this step to make you descend to the rank of the vilest creatures and if you go to him not only will he not give you your things but he will show you up as a jest to all his comrades it is a plot arranged amongst them i will not go said mimi and as she saw amelie engaged in preparing her toilette she asked her whether she was going to the ball yes replied the other with rodolphe yes he is to wait for me this evening twenty yards or so from here i wish you joy said mimi and seeing the hour of the appointment approach she hurried off to mademoiselle amelie's lover and informed him that the latter was engaged in a little scheme to deceive him with her own old lover the gentleman jealous as a tiger and brutal to boot called at once on mademoiselle amelie and announced that he would like her to spend the evening in his company at eight o'clock mimi flew to the spot at which rodolphe was to meet amelie she saw her lover pacing up and down after the fashion of a man waiting for someone and twice passed close to him without daring to address him rodolphe was very well dressed that evening and the violent crises through which he had passed during the week had imparted great character on his face mimi was singularly moved at length she made up her mind to speak to him rodolphe received her without anger and asked how she was after which he inquired as to the motive that had brought her to him in mild voice in which there was an effort to check a note of sadness it is bad news that i come to bring you mademoiselle amelie cannot come to the ball with you her lover is keeping her i shall go to the ball alone then here mademoiselle mimi feigned to stumble and leaned against rodolphe's shoulder he took her arm and proposed to escort her home no said mimi i am living with amelie and as her lover is there i cannot go in until he is left listen to me then said the poet i made a proposal to you to-day through mademoiselle amelie did she transmit it to you yes said mimi but in terms which even after what has happened i could not credit no rodolphe i could not believe that despite all that you might have to reproach me with you thought me so worthless as to accept such a bargain you did not understand me or the message has been badly conveyed to you my offer holds good said rodolphe it is nine o'clock you still have three hours for reflection the door will be unlocked until midnight good night farewell or till we meet again farewell then said mimi in trembling tones and they separated rodolphe went home and threw himself without undressing upon his bed at half-past eleven mademoiselle mimi entered his room i have come to ask your hospitality said she amelie's lover has stayed with her and i cannot get in they talked together until three in the morning an explanatory conversation which grew gradually more familiar at four o'clock their candle went out rodolphe wanted to light another no said mimi it is not worth the trouble it is quite time to go to bed five minutes later her pretty brown curly head had once more resumed its place on the pillow and in a voice full of affection she invited rodolphe's lips to feast on her little white hand with their blue veins the pearly pallor of which vied with the whiteness of the sheets rodolphe did not light the candle in the morning rodolphe got up first and pointing out several packages to mimi said to her very gently there is what belongs to you you can take it away i keep my word oh said mimi i am very tired you see and i cannot carry all these heavy parcels away at once i would rather call again 
and when she was dressed she only took a collar and a pair of cuffs i will take away the rest by degrees she added smiling come said rodolphe take away all or take away none and let there be an end of it let it on the contrary begin again and above all let it last said mimi kissing rodolphe after breakfasting together they started off for a day in the country crossing the luxembourg gardens rodolphe met a great poet who had always received him with charming kindness out of respect for the conventionalities rodolphe was about to pretend not to see him but the poet did not give him time and passing by him greeted him with a friendly gesture and his companion with a smile who is that gentleman asked mimi rodolphe answered her by mentioning a name which made her blush with pleasure and pride oh said rodolphe our meeting with the poet who has sung of love so well is a good omen and will bring luck to our reconciliation i do love you said mimi squeezing his hand although they were in the midst of the crowd alas thought rodolphe which is better to allow oneself always to be deceived through believing or never to believe for fear of always being deceived end of chapter fourteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine